What's up everybody, my name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Rage to bring y'all something new, something we like to call the Yards of Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard, where every 25-point lead is safe. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on, Rich? Hey, man. We don't have to worry about a 25-point lead being safe uh, this coming weekend. <laughs> Not the way we plan, but I'm doing great, my man. How you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm good. All right. So, unfortunately, we're going to start where we always start. <laughs> we had another Thursday night football game. Dallas came into New Orleans looking to not get upset, you mm-hmm. know, in a, in a situation where they feel comfortable right now with a two two game lead up uh, in their division, mm-hmm. and we were looking to get on track. We started Taysom Hill at quarterback, made a change there, still without a lot of players. No Teron Armstead, no Ryan Ramchick, no Alvin Kamara, uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson still not back. Um, surprisingly, Tony Jones was out for that game, too, uh, to say he had just came back. I was actually shocked to see that. But Dallas came in. It was an ugly game. I don't care what nobody says. From both teams, it was it was ugly. Um, but Dallas got out of there with a 27-17 uh, victory. What, what were your feelings about that game, man? I was happy to see a change at quarterback, bro. But like you said, very sloppy game. Uh, it's the same story for the Saints, bro. Same same story every single week. A lot of injuries, lack of offense, defense played good. Same story every single week. Um, Deontay Harris had a couple bright spots. Uh, Taysom Hill running the ball four or five plays in a row was by far, to me, our most <laughs> impressive drive. Um, defense, defense came to play, man. Defense came to play like always, bro. Always try to give them a spark. And they hold on just as long as they can before the wheels fall off. But um, to me, it was it was a game to me, obviously. If we had a quarterback, if our guys was healthy, man, that would have been a win, man. Yeah. That would have been another win against a team with a winning record that we could put on our belt and, make you know, continue to make a playoff push. But same story, man. Same old Saints. Yeah, and I just, like, the first thing I was like, the first thing I want to say is I want to read off this stat line. Taysom Hill, 19 of 41, 264 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions, two sacks. Rushing the football, he had 11 rushes for 101 yards. We talked at halftime, and I said, look, man, we t- when we talked about this quarterback change, I said, look, it can work if we're going to run Taysom Hill, if we're going to use him to his strengths. And in the first half, it seemed like they didn't want to do that. And as, mm-hmm. soon as, we, and as soon as the third quarter started up and they got possession – that's the stretch where you're talking about they had a drive where they ran them four or five times, moved down the field like it was mm-hmm. nothing. And that's what should have been happening from the beginning of the game. And we never would have been in a position where we would have been down. To have Taysom Hill out of our quarterbacks throwing the football 41 times, we're not winning no game. I don't, we're not winning that game. Like I always say, Taysom Hill guarantees us two turnovers a game. At least two turnovers a game he's going to give us. Hold on real quick. What? Hey, Missoula has another dog. Um, um, I don't think it's a dog, but there's a dog outside. Yes. Okay. It's that a, um, it has a collar. 
Whose dog is it? Is it Miss Sarah's dog? We don't know. Okay, well, I'm not worried about it. So go ahead, get inside. Q, do your homework, Sydney. Go upstairs and be quiet. Oh, I always say Taysom Hill is good for two turnovers a game. I don't care what your game plan with him is. He's going to go out there. He's going to either fumble it or throw an interception. He's going to turn the football over. So for you to let him throw the football 41 times, you're begging for him to give you five turnovers at the end of the game. Like, if you wanted to throw the football 41 times, you should have did it with Trevor Simeon. Hell, I would have been more comfortable doing it with Ian Book in that game. But for you to say that you're going to start Taysom Hill to try to give us something different, throwing the football 41 times wasn't shouldn't have been the philosophy you went into that game with. And that was the thing that bothered me the most was, well, if you you, you chose Taysom Hill to be different, I feel I would have felt way more comfortable if it was Trevor Simeon throwing the football 41 times. Like like I say, I have no problem with Taysom Hill starting. But if you start and play to his strengths, which, like yeah. I said, they turned to in the second half until they couldn't anymore and they had to throw the football. But that should have been the whole game. And I don't understand why it wasn't. I think a couple reasons. Obviously, they didn't want his backup to come in. And then secondly, uh, they didn't want to use him that much because he was still one of, if not the best offensive weapon we had on the field for that game. Uh, and then it got ugly at the end. I think if everything would have went pitcher perfect, run the ball effectively, keep Dallas guessing they couldn't get pressure, things of that nature. I don't think we would have saw him throw the ball or drop back 41 times. But because well, you go – But, he threw, it, but he threw it too much to me in the first half. Like well, I said, he threw, the, he threw the football too many times in the first half to say yeah, well, we know who he is and we know what his strengths are. Well, coming into this game, we knew all the, all the challenges we were up against with – you know, having uh, tackles out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we were still missing a guard. If I'm not, yeah, Andrews Pete out for the year. So he's missing a tackle. Yeah. yeah, missing a tackle, missing a guard. Dallas know those things too. Dallas know this is your third quarterback to start this year too. Dallas know there's no Elvin Kamara out there too. Dallas know there's no Michael Thomas out there too. They know all these things too. So they're going to come in with a game plan that's going to make you get away from the little sprint that you have, and that was loading the box. Uh, Parsons have been great at getting that after the quarterback all season long. So much so when Dallas was using him to do a lot of chipping in the first beginning of the year, but they got away from that. He's a pure edge guy now. So, I mean, they knew what, you know, they wanted to, to, to minimize our offense a little that we had, and they, and they were able to do that by loading the box. Once a guy loads the box and you don't have no deep threat, you don't have no interior route runner that's going to create short separation, you don't have any of those things to throw at the defense, it is what it is. You you forced to drop back at that point. Yeah, but once again, in the, like I say, the way they came out in the third quarter is the way I expected them to come out first drive of the first quarter, and and that's my only that's my only problem with it. Like they 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 threw the football way too much in the first half. Like they didn't yeah. even. It seemed like they were like, well, they expect us to run, so we just gonna try to trip them. We're gonna try to get and, and some the, yeah, some pass exactly. plays and stuff like when you mm-hmm. know you don't have the the yeah. talent to do so. Uh, with like you yeah. said, with the injuries that we have, and then with Taysom Hill not being a good throw of the football to begin with. Yeah, and I mean, if you, I just feel like if you come out the gun, running power left, power right, QB draw up the middle, uh, option plays. If you come out running that, he's getting hit even earlier than what he what he already was getting hit because Dallas was getting pressure all night long, like every of time course, they got pressure. Yeah. 
And if you come out and getting him hit even early, I think he plays worse than what we actually saw. I saw times in the third quarter where that dude was bent over gasping for air. I don't know if that's because he's just coming back from that's all probably, the injuries, yeah, yeah. from the injuries or what, but we've never seen that from Taysom. Him not practicing much because you of know, the things and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, of course. So, I mean, to me, Dallas defense, they executed like they like they should have. We saw uh, Alex Bryan have a horrible week the week before. He came in, shut everything down, looked at amazing against us. Everything went went as planned for their defense, man. Yeah, I want to say I I think man, and I'm tired of doing it this season. But Sean Payton and his play calling has been has been something that's bothered me all season long. And <clears throat> like I say, and it's and it's not full games. It's usually moments. It's like man, why are you doing that right there? Yeah. Um, and and that game, the 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 game, the offensive game plan in the first half was that to me. It was what are you doing? Like I don't know. And once again, it was it ended up being a ten point game. You. It was a late touchdown or whatever, but it could have been it could have been much closer than that. Like you said, if we had any of our players back healthy, it could have it could have been a big win for us. But last uh, thing, last thing before we move on that I like to say too, man, is how crazy like special teams plays in the NFL because we missed the early field goal that if we would have made that field goal when we went for it on fourth down, we needed a touchdown or something weird. We would have been in, in the situation we could have kicked another field goal and like tied a game or something like that. But the early missed field goal hurt us as well. And this is a player's lead. Like we could talk about Sean Payton all we want, being a mastermind, all that great stuff. You look at Kyle Shanahan's one of the greatest play callers. Um uh Josh McDaniels, many years, great play calls. We've seen all the offenses struggle when they start players out, where there's Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Uh, Tom Brady leave. Tom Brady lost his weapons the year before he left. That offense wasn't the same. So, greatest Sean Payton is you need players. This is a players' lead, and it always will be. Yeah, and, and once again, we're gonna keep disagreeing on that, just because once again we saw that he could put together a game plan that would work against that defense in the second half. Why are you waiting to the second half to execute such game plan? Like to me, that's because on him. That's not on. That's not because on the players. It's, it's unrealistic to say I'm going to run my quarterback <laughs> 10 times a game almost, like design runs, you though. know. He did it, though. Like, yeah. he ran them 10 times. And, and like, so, was, so and if you ran it, so I feel like if you ran them in a – instead of trying to trick them into thinking you were going to be pass-heavy or going out and being pass-heavy in the first half and then saying, okay, now we're going to switch to the run, it should have been the opposite. If you give him those 10 design runs and he gets 90 to 100 yards off of that, guess what's happening in the second half? Like, now you're opening up that that the pass offense, if that's what you want to call what we have, but mm -hmm. you're giving those, chance, those guys a better chance to, to get open and be creative with them. Well, and then you got to think second half. I think Dallas was winning by double digits already at that point, if I'm not mistaken, a very close uh, After half? I don't, I don't think so. Was it? Wasn't it like... Uh, Let's see, halftime, we were looking at... 6 to 17 or something like that, maybe, I don't know. 13 to 7. 13 to 7? Yeah, so, I mean, you come out, and, and if you don't score right here, game is basically over because you know how whack your offense is. So, I mean, he ran them that many times he did, which wasn't enough to you. And the the conclusion of that game was Taysom Hill hurt maybe facing some type of season-ending surgery. Like, 
you just don't come in saying I want to run my quarterback like that because like but from your perspective this is what you wanted if we gonna start him if, if it's Taysom Hill then that's what that's what yeah, you got that. run him run him down yeah, go exactly. down he go down who cares exactly. you know what I'm saying so yeah I feel you <laughs> um looking across the rest of the NFL week um they, there were some good games out there uh the Chiefs Broncos was a good one defensively, honestly, which was shocking. Um, Pat Mahomes missed a lot of balls in that game, man. Tyreek Hill dropped a couple as well. Yeah, yeah, and and we t- once again we talked about it off air. Yeah. It's crazy to me how many balls Tyreek Hill not only has dropped this season, but have dropped and it ends up in the defenders' hands, yeah. um, giving them you know uh, opportunities. Um, Seahawks beating the 49ers. That was another close one that came to the end. Shock. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't expecting that one. Um man, it was a lot of close games. Steelers and the Ravens. That one came down to a two-point conversion. Jim Harbaugh yeah. just being aggressive at the end. Uh, saying saying, let me try to get this over with. Uh, That's one team almost every time they go for it, I don't disagree with it. Much as I yeah. hate going for it on four down, I'm like always when I'm watching the game, like, yeah, I'll go for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Washington edged out the Raiders 17-15. That was another, another close one. Um, the Chargers Bengals was a was an interesting one. Did you catch much of that one? No, I didn't catch much of that one. The Chargers went up 24-0, I want to say. They went up 24 nothing in that game. Mm-hmm. And then the Bengals walked them down and got it to 24-22. Mm. And then the Chargers just took off on them again. And the final score ended up being 41-22. Yeah, but it was so kind of a blowout when I saw the score. Yeah. I didn't see yeah. highlights of that one or nothing. It was so strange how the Chargers jumped out like that, and then the Bengals let them go, and then it was like, okay, we got to turn the gas back <laughs> on again and, and separate from them. Um, the only real blowout—I mean, you can consider that one a blowout. Uh, the Rams blew out the Jaguars, thirty-seven to seven, which is what we expect to see from the Rams when they go up against lesser teams, even though that hasn't always been the case this season. And then you had the Colts blowing out the Texans uh, 31-0. Man, that the the NFC race, well, the AFC race is pretty tight too. But Mm -hmm. the fact that the NFC right now, the 6th and 7th seed are both 6th and 6th. And then you have... One, two, three, four, five teams that's five and seven, and one team that's six and seven. This is going to end up being like the last two spots in the NFC. Those are going to be decided in the last week uh, of this season, mm-hmm. and that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Because once again, three of the three of the four teams that's five or seven right now, are NFC South teams: Saints, Falcons, mm-hmm. Panthers. They're all five and seven right now, uh, and the Eagles are six and seven, um, and the Vikings are five and seven as well. So it's, going, it's definitely going to be interesting how that plays out. Um, the AFC isn't much different. Like six and seven are, well, five, six, and seven actually are seven and five right now. Mm. And then you got the Steelers at six, five, and one. The Colts at seven and six. And then you got three teams at six and six. And then you got the Dolphins at six and seven. So once again, we're looking at man. This last what four weeks? We got four weeks left in the season, and one loss can do any team in. Who's winning the Colts division right now? Uh, Tennessee still is. Yep, Tennessee. The Colts, uh, Tennessee is. Yep. What they got? One game. They got one or two games on the Colts right now. Uh, they they're eight and four, and the Colts are seven and six. 
Okay. So the Colts haven't even hit that bye week yet. I'm guessing that's this week. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, it is this week for them. Jonathan Taylor is sitting. Uh, don't have a game. I saw it on fantasy. So yeah, and Tennessee. I want to say Tennessee plays. Uh, dang, they giving up. I mean, they they favored by a good bit this week against whoever they play against. If I'm not mistaken, they play the Jaguars. And okay. they favored by eight and a half points. So gotcha. That's gonna be interesting. Um, anything else you wanted to touch on from this last week of football? Uh, mm, I think that was about it. Yeah. I think we covered ground on all all importance. We had a good game this uh, this past Monday. Yeah, with uh Buffalo and New England. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the the windstorm that was yeah. uh, a quarterback throwing three passes and winning, and winning the game. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 crazy. That is yeah. crazy. It was, and once again, I know a lot of fans probably just turned their game off. Like, I'm not watching this, but that was that was a real interesting game to me. Like I really enjoyed that game. For real, yeah, yeah. It was a breath of fresh air. I told the friend, man, he was like, he missed the game. It was like I said, only way I could describe it as a breath of fresh air, man. Like yeah, see, back and forth coaching, one aggressive coach, new school. Hey, we throwing this thing. We believe in our quarterback, bro. And then you got this other guy, like, hey, we gonna bend but don't break and rely on this defense and yep. special teams and not beat ourselves, play mistake free football. And it was just a, a good game, like you said. 100%. All right, so looking forward to next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, our New Orleans Saints travel up to New York to play the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, like I'm shocked by this. Maybe maybe you not, but I'm shocked that we favored by five and a half in this Definitely. game. Definitely, yeah. Um, as always, every week we get on here and we say, man, we give people back, we lose more people. So, Taysom Hill, he practiced full. He looked like he's going to be ready to go. Alvin Kamara practiced full. He looked like he's going to be ready to go. Deontay Harris starts his three-game suspension this week. Uh, Cam Jordan is on the COVID list. Uh, I'm not positive if he's vaccinated or not. If he's vaccinated, he could probably still play Sunday. If he's not, he out for sure. I see Mark Ingram has uh, been put on the COVID list as well. Same Mm -hmm. thing. If he's uh, vaccinated, he can still play. If not, he's not playing. Uh, I, Ryan Ramchick and Teron Armstead, I expect them two to be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Kamara, I think that's the reason why they didn't play last week. Just give them the extra time and, and let them be healthy for this game. Um, so, the Jets are what the Jets are. They're 3-9. and nine. They got a rookie quarterback who has looked better as, um, as the season has Since he progressed. came back injury. Yeah, he he's he's looked uh, a whole lot better, um, but they're still the Jets. Um, they there's not too much uh, to speak about on them. They're a young team. They re- they're all re- they're always in rebuild mode. It seems like in New York because of how they cycle through coaches and things of that nature. Um, this is a game that if we still have any hope of making the playoffs, we gotta go win um, against a lesser team. Even in the state that our team is in right now, we're looking at a lesser team um, because of, for one, what our defense looks like. Um, And for two, because even with the Cam Jordan and Mark Ingram and Deontay Harris, those guys potentially missing the next game, getting Alvin Kamara back, Ryan Ramchick and Teron Armstead, that's huge for that offense. Uh, And for Taysom Hill, Mm -hmm. uh, because it looks like we're we're going – forward with him as our starting quarterback as long as he's healthy. Um, 
the weather, the, the Saints in cold weather always, there's something about it that the Saints just don't like and they, they ain't trying to be a part of or participate in. But because uh, it's looking like 25 degrees out there for Sunday, I think with Kamara, with Teron Armstead being back and Ryan Ramchick being back, against a lesser team, because I know what our defense is going to do. I know Sean Payton's record against rookie quarterbacks. Like, he doesn't he doesn't lose to rookie quarterbacks. Um, and the way that that defense has been playing, it's hard for me to see that we're going to choke this one away. Um, and like I said, it's a must-win. Now we're in must-win mode. We got to win. Um, I definitely think we can win this game. Um, well, we I, th- I think we should win this game. I think we can beat them by a touchdown. I don't. I said it. I said it Thursday too, watching the football game. I said, "Can we just forfeit? I mean, not forfeit, but let's just go for two every time from here on out." Because the <laughs> kicking thing hasn't worked since Will Lutz. It hasn't worked all season because Will Lutz hasn't been there all season. Yeah. We've cut what we cycled through three, four kickers at this point, mm-hmm. uh, and we would get rid of him if we had anybody else. Any in the other, game. any yeah. other thing to turn to. At this point, I feel like we just need to be going for two every time uh, and punting it. Any any other time. Um, but yeah, I definitely can see us winning by a touchdown at least. Um, because if it's if it's anything uh of a close game and we depending on a kicker, I mean they kicking no good either. So we will just be kicking and missing field goals all game. <laughs> <laughs> so some points gotta be put up somewhere. I think getting healthy. We can go in here and, and win this game and stay in, in uh, playoff contention mm-hmm. for another week. What about you? What you think? I honestly think our season is done. I I don't see us making the making the playoffs. Um, but far as this game goes, um, I think it's going to be a little closer than that. Uh, it's definitely the Jets. Um, I think our defense is going to straight up suffocate these dudes. Um, they, I, you know, they probably have some type of deep ball connected on a breakdown, something like that. But for the most part, I think, you know, this is going to be another great performance from the defense. Probably one of the, the the best performances you'll get all year long from them because the Jets simply don't have much. But yeah. um, I, I honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if we failed to put up 20 points. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I just I understand the Jets are bad, but we're bad too. Like I know we got names on the back of the jerseys, but until we do something with it, it's hard for me to look past the injuries and how sloppy our offense have been. Uh, so I'm actually going to take the Jets on the spread on this one. Okay, got you. Yeah. So let me you say you you think we we're not going to make the playoffs this year, mm-hmm. um, and the rest of our schedule is Jets, Tampa Bay. Miami, Carolina, Atlanta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think our record would be throughout those five games? So we got the Jets this week, and mm-hmm. then we go Tampa Bay, Miami, Carolina, Atlanta. To be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if if we win two out of the next remaining five. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, with the state that Carolina is in right now, it's hard for me to think that we would <clears throat> um, drop a, another game to them. Uh, 
once again, injury always plays a part in all of this, and we've been injured probably, if not the most, I would think Baltimore maybe has had more uh, significant injuries than us this year, but after them, I think we're right there uh, when it comes to significance of injuries uh, this season. But um, even if, man, if you tell me Ryan Ramchick, Teron Armstead, and Kamara are going to be good to go for the rest of the season, um, I think throughout those five games, like I said, I think this week we win for sure. So the two games I would look at and say uh, I can see us losing would be <clears throat> Tampa Bay, of course. We we got to go to Tampa Bay. Um, and, and that Miami game, maybe. I think definitely, Miami definitely them two without a shot of a doubt. Yeah. But, so, out, but outside of that, you don't you don't see anything else outside of that. Carolina don't worry you. Atlanta don't worry you. No. Um, we lost and to once both again, those teams. So already this of year. Of course. Yeah. 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 And they're division rivals, so you right. know it always can go either way. Exactly. But there, but it's not me going into those games saying there's no re- you know there's a reason why we should lose this. Because Atlanta, we know what they are defensively. So Mm -hmm. even with our offense being that bad, our defense should be able to hold them uh, for enough to get, once again, if Taysom Hill is going to be our quarterback, to get Mm -hmm. Taysom Hill going. Um, Same thing with Carolina. But Carolina's offense seems to be just as bad as ours is. Mm -hmm. um, But their defense is is solid. So, um and, and once again, having Carolina at home, Miami at home, we go to Atlanta, we go to Tampa Bay. Um, once again, if if we turned around and went two and three in those games, it wouldn't be like <clears> – <throat> I wouldn't be extremely shocked. But do I expect us to? No, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, once again, like I say, man, one loss going forward for us, Carolina, Atlanta, um, for any of those, of those teams, that's – you done most likely. Yeah. And I, I just I honestly think like in order to win the, the games you just called out, we got the Jets, what which we're favoring we should win. Um, you got Tampa, Atlanta, Carolina. Did I miss anybody? Miami. Miami. So that that's five games. I, I think in order to win three out of five, you you it takes a turnaround in offense in order to do that. And I just don't see that happening right now. I only can judge it by what I've been seeing. And um, of course, and I, I, it's just hard for me to, I, I mean, the theory behind we're healthier, let's loosen up with Taysom Hill a little bit more. Oh, yeah, we got Elvin Kamara. But like, yeah, like logically that mm-hmm. makes sense. But until I see it play out, because I've seen Atlanta team with a horrible defense, small, all that good stuff. Basically say, okay, we know we can't beat y'all with our DNs, so we're just going to generate pressure up the middle. And that was good enough to work. They didn't really try to run on us, although Patterson ran decent, but they did swing the ball out to him a couple times um, and, and basically just use that as a run game. So, I mean, the football scheme of things, if they can go out there and play mistake-free football, which I'm going to tell you, man, Ryan is very good at. Like, I'm, I don't want to say I'm a huge Matt Ryan fan, but I just think he's one of those forgotten quarterbacks yeah. where he can definitely control the ball game. He's good enough to do that. And he did that without uh, Kelvin Ridley. They beat us without him. So, uh, you know, given the situation, again, it's going to be the same game plan. It's going to be the same exact game plan for them. Get Patterson on some matchups, hit him short, use their tight end, things of that nature. So, um, 
Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, if we dropped both games to the Falcons this year. I hate to say it, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, gotcha. And, and like I said, I can definitely see it. And like I say, the like you say, the thought of we getting healthy, we're going to be better is what I have to bet on. Like I, I have to believe that Thursday's game plan was what it was because there was no Alvin Kamara. So Taysom mm-hmm. Hill had to be our run game and our passing game, mm-hmm. which is not what you want, you know, what you want yeah. it to be. Um, but once again, uh, I have the Saints covering. Uh, you don't, but we both got the Saints winning the football game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, the next game we're going to look at uh, for Sunday is the Dallas Cowboys uh, taking on the Washington football team uh, in Washington. Uh, the Cowboys are favored by four and a half. Um, this Washington started out bad, like no question about it. They started out early losing Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and then, um, just struggling to get anything going Uh, and that defense not being what we all thought it, it would be based off of what it was last year. Mm -hmm. Um, and now they've, they before it's on paper. Yeah. That, yeah. And now they've turned it around. They've won four straight. Uh, including the win against Tampa Bay. Um, once again, they're, they're two, I want to say the two games back of Dallas in their division. They played Dallas, I want to say twice over the next five weeks, over the next three weeks, they played mm-hmm. Dallas twice. Um, and I want to say, hey, their next five games are all division games. They played Dallas twice, they played Philly twice, and they got the Giants once. Mm-hmm. Um, so every game for them matters uh, going mm-hmm. forward. Um, I think it's big that they get this first one against Dallas at home as well, uh, being on this win streak. Um, but how do you see that game playing out? Um, that I, I really do think that's going to be a close game, and I think it yeah. can go either way. Washington has caught Dallas at a very good time. Uh, yeah. Dak Prescott, ever since he came back from the injury, he hasn't been himself, and I was ready to hand him the MVP if he would have kept performing the way he's has, but now he's kind of – taking a, a, a step down, not just in like uh, QBR, things of that nature, but like yards as well, touchdowns as yeah. well. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, for his football goals, he's missing some throws. Like he missed yeah. a couple throws even against us where if he connect on them, ball game over, you know? Yeah. So uh, they caught him at a perfect time. And speaking of the struggle of Washington, I think what happened early in the year, Washington had all these guys, Terry McLaurin being one of them, who was just out there balling, like flat out balling. Logan Thomas was doing very good. And Taylor Heineke was kind of behind. And now it looks like Terry, it looked like uh, Heineke has has caught up to where these guys are, but for whatever reason, they're starting to progress. Uh, We know the injury to Chase Young, but like you said, even when he was healthy, Washington defense wasn't what it was supposed to be. So um, I, I will take Dallas to win, but I guess I'll take Washington to cover the spread. Gotcha. Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly about Dallas and, and Washington catching them at the right time. Dallas just hasn't. That offense started out slow early in the year, and then we slowly saw them starting to click, and then Dak got hurt. And like you say, ever since he's been back, it doesn't seem like, They've uh, they've gotten anywhere close to where they had gotten to, you know, playing those first uh, those first few games. Um, they look they don't look good, man. They yeah. and it's crazy because once again, just like that Washington football team's defense, when you look at that Dallas offense on paper, you like this thirty points a game. Like mm-hmm. what's yeah. going on? Yeah, easily. Yeah. Whichever way they decide to play, whether they decide to go out there and pass it. 
40 times or they go out there and decide, no, we're going to run Zeke 25 times or run yeah. him and Pollard 35 times combined mm. or whatever the case may be. But for some reason, they haven't been able to to get back clicking. And I don't I, I can't I can't put a, a finger on what's the cause of it. You yeah. know, it's, um, Dak Prescott, to me, that's what it is. Like uh, you said that they got out slow, but to me, they got out fast. Like that offense was clicking the first couple of weeks of football. Like the they passing opened... game was the run game wasn't. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. But yeah, the passing game definitely was. And uh, ever since the injury is kind of like. I know Amari Coop was hurt. He's, you know, Dak throws him the ball a lot, whether you still consider him the number one or C.D. Lamb because he's demanding so many balls. Um, Amari Cooper being out definitely has something to do with that. But you get Miles Gallup back, um, C.D.'s still there, and, uh, you know, they, they still have Zeke. They have Pollard. They still got a pretty good offensive line. Defense is still playing a little bit above average right now. So, I mean, they got all the twos. They just got to put it together. Yeah. And and defensively, we we've talked about it before. That defense is an average defense uh, that they have. They just once again, uh, Trayvon Diggs is a ball hawk. You put the <clears throat> you <clears throat> excuse me. You put the ball anywhere where he can get to it, he's gonna get it. Um, but outside of that, the, the defense is average. You can run on them, you can pass on them. You just have to well, <clears throat> take care of the football around them. And I think Washington is gonna uh, going to be able to do that. Yeah, and I, I like Parsons. I like Parsons as well. To me, um, I love Parsons. I told oh, okay. you, I, I would keep him as an edge rusher. I wouldn't move him back because uh, yeah. a lot of their pass rushers are coming back now, mm-hmm. um, getting healthy. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't move him back. I would leave him as a pass rusher. He's been okay. such so, so, so dominant at that position. Like I right. wouldn't. I wouldn't move him back. Um. The next game we're going to take a look oh, who, at. Who are you taking? You, I don't think you. you... I'm gonna take Washington. I'm gonna take oh, Washington. Okay. I think Washington okay. continues their win streak. Um, I think they take care of the football, um, okay. in this game and 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 don't give up uh any any uh easy points to Dallas and they make them work for it. Yeah. Um. Next, let's go Jaguars Titans. The Jags. Uh, the Titans are favored by eight and a half points to win this one. Um, even they were on a bye week last week. Uh, before that, they it, it finally seemed to the injuries. What well, the injury of Derrick Henry, more specifically, <laughs> uh, finally seemed to catch up to him. Mm-hmm. They lost to Houston twenty-two to thirteen. Uh, turned around and lost to the Patriots. Um, what thirty thirty-six to thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um. No AJ Brown, he's on IR. Uh, Julio might play this Sunday, but once again, what have we seen between him and Tannehill to make us think that that's really going to be a huge difference come Sunday? Um, Jacksonville, once again, they are who they are. Just like we talked about with the Jets, they they fight. They 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 going to put up a fight. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has looked better. Every week he's gotten put out there. He's been taking care of the ball much more. Um, I think Tennessee should still win this football game. Um, it seemed like they found, even in the loss to the Patriots, it seemed like they have a running back that they can still rely on in Hillard. Um, mm-hmm. He seems to be able to run the ball pretty well, and I'm sure they're going to keep trying to give him the ball. Um <clears throat> It really comes down to Ryan Tannehill and how often he turns the football over or not. Um, and I'm actually going to take 
uh, Jacksonville when it comes to the spread, but I do think Tennessee should be able to win this football game. All right, I think this is, and I, I like I mean, you made valid points for everything. I like how you say it came down to Ryan, it comes down to Ryan Tannehill because that's absolutely which one we're gonna get. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, yeah. we gonna get the, the accurate who's getting rid of the ball quick and making plays with his legs, or we're gonna get the the one that's kind of taking unnecessary sacks and doing things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, but Jacksonville has a has an issue of generating pressure. We know that Tennessee is going to do a whole lot of play action still without Derrick Henry because, like you said, they have a very serviceable backup running back who's been toting the ball pretty well. Whether Julio plays or not, to me, that plays no no part yeah. of the game. Doesn't change anything that you know that I judge uh, these books by. But uh, I'm actually going to take uh, Tennessee and to win, and I'm going to take them to cover. Um, Jacksonville has had uh, a problem protecting their quarterback. The mm-hmm. latter the season has gone, it gotten a little bit better. But Tennessee is one of them teams that get pressure straight up the middle, which is the worst thing for a quarterback. And I think I don't think it may be not be consistent all day long, but I think it'll be enough to kind of rattle them, force them, force them to, to punt the ball a lot of times. And I think this is a game where even at halftime, it wouldn't surprise me if Tennessee, if they take care of the ball, well, Tennessee can be up uh, 10 points at halftime. I can see that. Um, and I, I just don't see how, how Jacksonville can keep can keep it close long enough to close a gap. Um, to is to a me, second. it's James Robinson. It, to me, it's a run game. It's James Robinson. Mm-hmm. If he can if he can keep moving the chains, which is what it seems like they've been uh, trying to focus on these past few weeks, is you know let's let's mm-hmm. take let's tone this down with Trevor Lawrence and try to make sure our run game is able to open up opportunities for us. And James Robinson has been a, a decent, uh, well, a good running back. Yeah, uh, yeah, so definitely. they can, if they can keep the chains moving with him and control their time of possession, I think that's how they keep it close. That's how they end up uh, coming in under those nine points. Yeah, and, and that's a possibility. I just don't see them being able to do that because you're asking a quarterback who hasn't really played mistake-free to play mistake-free. And when they have asked him to do it, the offense is so bland, it's hard to watch. And that's even for somebody like me who loves football, no matter how it yeah. comes my way. When they try to be too careful with him, you can definitely see it. And his numbers speak for it. Um, so Tennessee just being a more hungrier team, more passionate, to me, better coach, better special teams, uh, just hungrier. Got, got, they have something to, to, to play for. They're in the playoff hunt. Uh, it would shock me if they come out here and lay an egg and, and make this a close game with uh Jacksonville team. So uh, I'm taking Tennessee to win and and, ten- and Tennessee is off the bye week, so that should well, work yeah. in their favor, you know. Mm-hmm. But um for some reason I just feel like this Jacksonville team is is going to to go out there and play hard and keep it close. Not gotcha. win, but I think I think they can definitely keep it close. Gotcha. Um th- this next one should be real interesting. Uh San Francisco uh, visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, this is basically a pick em. Uh San Francisco favored by a point and a half. Um, man, that that once again, we get on here every week and speak on the NFC West. Um, it seems like Seattle has fallen out of that, honestly. Uh, I, I don't see any way that they can get back into, uh, into, into being talked about in that division. Uh, especially when you got the Rams playing um, not as good as they should be, but they're winning, they're pulling out wins. And then you got Arizona being the best team in football right now. Um, but you got San Francisco who has been, has been getting healthy. 
of George Kittle has come back, and he looks like the George Kittle we expect him to look at uh, look like. Elijah Mitchell has come back recently, and he's been running the ball very well for them. Even though I did just see something about him, um, he's in concussion protocol. Um, so we'll see if he actually plays or not. We know they're going to be without Debo Samuel. Um, Cincinnati. Cincinnati looked amazing through what, like six weeks? <laughs> through the first six weeks, they looked amazing. We were like, man, how can you stop this offense? Uh, the right. defense is looking better. Um, and since then, the offense has been on and off. You don't you don't know which one you're going to get. Like I say, they had a game with the Chargers to where <clears throat> the offense couldn't put up nothing and went down 24-0 to the Chargers. But then they turn around and score 22 straight. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, they can't seem to be the the team that's scoring on every possession for a whole game. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're real streaky. Um, and against San Francisco, who's going to play good defense, they're going to run the football, they're going to control a uh, time of possession most likely. They got to come out clicking. Cincinnati yeah. has to come out clicking. There, there's, and once again, it's kind of like the Dallas situation. When you look at it, you say, like, I don't understand how this offense isn't consistently clicking when you have Joe Mixon running the football the way that he's running it. You got Jamar Chase. You got T. Higgins. You got uh, Tyler Boyd. You have a good tight end. Uh, like, what's what's holding it up, you know? Right. Um, man, I this is a tough one. I'm going to take Cincinnati. Um, no Debo Samuel. Elijah Mitchell might be out. If they had one of those guys, I'd probably take San Francisco. Um, I don't like their chances without both of them. Um, Cincinnati's at home. I, I'm going to roll with the Bengals. I'm going to roll with the Bengals on that one. Tough one. <laughs> Tough one. I will roll with the Bengals simply because I don't think San Francisco will be able to score enough. I think if they had Debo Samuels, like you can you can keep me too, although he's been great this season running the ball. If they had Debo, their offense would be much more unpredictable for Cincinnati. Um, I love that San Francisco is a power team, and to me, Cincinnati don't do great with just rough, rugged teams. Um, yeah. But like you said, lack of ability to score. I know every team got that next man up concept. But truth of the matter is, Debo has been, I know George Kittle's back, but he's been the only thing at the receiver position for them this year. Um, but I, I'm not ready to see how, what kind of game plan they could put together to, to play four quarters. Cincinnati definitely has some scoring power. They definitely have yeah. some home run here. The San Francisco's going to try to keep everything in front of them. Uh, so I, I do think this is going to be the game where Cincinnati offense have to rely more on a rushing attack, short passes, uh, see yeah. Joe Barrow make decisions and go through his progression versus just, oh, that's Jamal Chase out there one-on-one. I'm taking my chances. So um, I just don't I just don't think San Francisco would be able to put up enough points to beat Cincy unless Cincy starts really, really, really slow. Who's at home? Cincy. I'm going to have to roll with Cincy. 
Yeah. I'm going to have to go Cincy to win in cover. Yeah, like at, I say, man, Elijah point, Mitchell. I, yeah. Elijah Mitchell has, has been really good for them at running back when he's been healthy. But even when he wasn't out there being healthy, you had Debo Samuel, who they had started using in the run game as well as in a passing game, and he was able to do it all. Yeah. Um, but being without both of those guys, man, it's, it's hard for me tough. to think that Trey Sermon or uh, yeah. any other day running back is going to really be able to to uh, fill in that role in the way that those guys do. Yeah. And like you say, man, offensive uh, – since he has um, – such a uh, offensive, uh, uh, such a uh, a good offense uh, that can strike at any time. Um, I just I, I agree with you. I don't see San Francisco being able to score with them. Yeah. The last game we're going to look at is Buffalo and Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay is at home. Tampa Bay is favored by three and a half. Um, what what are you looking at in this one? What you see? I think this is going to be a very, very exciting game. I really do. I'm really looking forward to this game. Uh, I think people are sleeping on the fact that uh, Antonio Bryan is so heavily missed right now in his Tampa Bay's offense because the way teams yeah. have been playing Tampa lately, they wouldn't be able to do it if Antonio Brown was still there healthy. Leonard Fournette has definitely picked it up a whole lot. I mean, a whole lot. He's he has definitely taken over that starting role, and, I mean, he's demanding the ball, not only in the run game, but in the passing game as well. Uh, Tom Brady is on pace to become MVP this season. Um, I like Tampa in his game. Buffalo is one of those teams that they fight hard, but to me, this is one of those games, and we talked about it off air. You, know, you basically said, I think they need a better tight end, and I'm still leaning And a better running game. A running game? Yeah. Okay, and I, and that's why I was going to say, I think this is going to be the week with really not having a running back who can catch the ball out the backfield well. It's going to hurt them because we already know you're not running on Tampa Bay. Plus, they can't run, so they're just going to be pass yeah. heavy. Uh, Tampa has nothing in the secondary these days, but yeah. the fact that you got Tom Brady in that offense on the other end, I think that's going to be enough. Is Tampa also home this week? I think they're yeah, home. Tampa, Tampa home. I'm going to take Tampa to win and cover. Um... Man, this is when you look at their team stats, they're real similar teams. Um, points per game, Tampa Bay's first, Buffalo's fifth. Um, when you look at passing, they're both top 10. Uh, yards allowed, they're both top 10. Turnover differential, they're both top 10. Um, these teams are, are real similar. The thing that sticks out to me is just that Buffalo's been playing better defense. Um, we know what we know what Tampa Bay's offense is, and like you said, when it comes to their defense and their secondary, there's, there's nothing there now. Like yeah. I looked up uh, Sunday when they were playing, and was like, "Damn, J- Jamel Dean is hurt again. Why can't mm-hmm. why can't he stay healthy?" I think um, Richard Sherman will be playing a lot of safety this week. Man, yeah. So I I don't think that this is going to be the high-scoring game that it should be. I think this is going to be a game that what they're over-under is 53-and-a-half. Um, <clears throat> I can see them hitting right at that probably. Yeah, I got um, it. Man, this is a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is a tough one. You I'm got to roll take your Buffalo. heart out of it. <laughs> I'm going to go with Buffalo. I think, okay. I, I think defensively, I think defensively they're going to have a better showing than Tampa Bay's defense. Okay. Um, when I look at that secondary and I say, what are y'all going to do with Stephon Diggs? 
And, you know, and then, okay, you if somehow you manage to take Stefan Diggs out the game, I don't have faith in anybody in that secondary to cover a Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so Josh Allen is going to have opportunities to to move the football up and down the field because, like you said, they're not going to run the football on them. So they have to pass it. And I think they're going to be able to nickel and dime this off this defense if nothing else, Absolutely. just keep the chains moving. Absolutely. Um, so it really comes down to as long as Josh Allen cannot turn the football over, I think Buffalo is going to be able to 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 the, command this game and and pull it out in the end. I do think it will be a close game, mm-hmm. and we all know if you give Tom Brady the ball ass with enough time, what he'll do with it. But mm-hmm. I think Buffalo will be able to to scratch and claw and come out of Tampa Bay with a win. And you you na- you nailed it, man. You said nickel and down this defense, and that's all I see. What I've seen the last couple of weeks with Buffalo when they struggle is normally in the red zone. And it's because yeah. everything tightens up. And if you miss that open read or you even yeah. late, it's over. And that's what we've been seeing a lot of Josh Allen. We really saw it Monday night against New England in the red zone. He missed two touchdowns in the red yeah. zone. So Tampa's going to do the same thing, but we know Tampa's going to get more pressure than what New England was able to generate by just simply sending four. And they, they have the luxury of keeping two guys in, in the end zone or red zone at the safety position. And that's what they normally do anyway. So they won't change at all right there. But my biggest concern for Buffalo is not only stopping Tom Brady, but Leonard Fournette running the ball and catching the ball out the backfield. Because if he gets rolling early, Tom Brady is very dangerous with the play action. And if, if that is happening where they come out, they score, Buffalo get the ball, they don't score, Tom Brady get it back, he score again. The momentum and all that good stuff, yeah, Buffalo, 100%. the little the, yeah. the, the dinking and dunking kind of pushes and goes out the, out the window. So I just think Tampa has a little bit more room for a margin of error because of how, how efficient Tom Brady is with the football, especially in the red zone. That's the only reason why I'm going Tampa in this, in this situation. See, and my thing is I, I don't – so last week Tampa Bay came out and Tom Brady was on pace to throw the football 60 times. Like they came out, they was like, man, forget the run game. We just going to pass it. We're going to pass it. We're going to pass it, um, which we know they can be successful at doing because you got Chris Gower, you got Gronkowski, you got Mike Evans. Um, but that made me think, well, what's going on with Leonard Fournette? Like, what's what's the issue? Why would y'all go away from – because like you say, especially these past few weeks, he's been running the ball really well. And like you say, out of the backfield, he's been catching passes and stuff like that too. So to take him completely out of the game plan early on in that game kind of confused me. Um, I don't know if there was a point trying to be made or, or what the case may have been, but that stuff bothers me because I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I really don't get it. And all you did was take Leonard Fournette out of a rhythm that he had started, you know, gaining uh, momentum on. So that I don't know that that bothered me. Um, like I say, Buffalo's defense is good. They they have a good defense, so I I don't think that. Um, they can go into this game and be run heavy or be pass heavy. They have to use a, a, a good mixture of both. Um, like I said, if, if Josh Allen turns the football over, because I'm not even really worried about Tom Brady. If Tom Brady turned the football over, then that's a different story. I don't expect Tom Brady to go into the game and turn the football over. But if Josh Allen goes in and gives Tampa Bay extra opportunities, they're going to capitalize on them, and then that's what's going to lose them that football game. Uh, I just have to 
I just don't believe that that will be the case because, once again, like we said, nickel and diamond is what they're going to do to get up and down the field. And I believe that they'll be able to do that, especially against that weak uh, Buccaneers secondary. Uh, I think we agreed on three and disagreed on two, if I'm not mistaken. Nope, three. We we, we disagreed on three, I think. We disagreed on Saints Jets. Uh-huh. We disagreed on Tampa, Tampa. Tennessee. We and disagreed on no. Jacksonville, Tennessee. Yeah, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Tampa and Buffalo. Yep. Um. So, yeah, just a few other things that I've seen. For one, the Antonio Brown situation, where I see they talking about cutting him once he come off of suspension yeah. um, because of the vaccine card. And going into the Antonio Brown, Tampa so, Bay tenor, yeah. Brian, Bruce Arians told you, look, we're not putting up with the, the, the first. Basically, he said the first chance we can get rid of him because he done did something stupid, we're going to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, and to that offense, like I know you said how important he is when he's there and he's able to be healthy, but we're still looking at an offense that can do without him. And he, 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 once again, he's not uh, he's not a player that they're going to keep around doing this type of stuff just because he means that much to them because he doesn't. And um, see, I just think, and I'm not trying to cut you off. You, you were no, done. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. think we're making a big deal about it because it's Antonio Brown. Like, there was somebody else involved, too, who got suspended. And I can't even tell you who the, what the hell his name is. Mike Edwards, I want to say. I'm Mike Edwards? Mike Edwards, yeah. But because it's, it's Antonio Brown, it's boom, boom, boom. Let's throw this in your face. Let's throw this in your face. And we already know the situation. He was skating on thin ice, all the shit, he, all the stuff he got involved in prior to coming yeah. over to Tampa. But I would say that when you're top of your division and this guy seems to have a better connection with Antonio Brown at receiver than any other receiver that's on that depth chart, I think because, like you said, you still have Mike Evans, Mike Evans and um, – and, and, um, and Godwin, but what happens if one of them gets hurt? You don't have a guy like Antonio Brown who could step in and still uh, get 13 to 15 targets and take pressure off the other receiver. And then when all three of them playing, we already know what they can do. But earlier this year, Tom Brady and Antonio Brown had a very good connection. Uh, so to me, once he come off suspension, I'm throwing him right back in that same you know, that same position that he was in, which is the, the slot. And I'm saying, let's go win another Super Bowl and we'll deal with all the rest of this bull crap after the season. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they can roll like that, though, Red. And once again, like you say, it's because it's Antonio Brown that it's going to yeah. <clears throat> be looked at with a magnifying glass the way that it is. But that's the point. Like, you've yeah. done every every six months is something new with you. We can't, you, yeah. you're not worth that to us right now, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to get your opinion on that one. Um, for some reason, while we were sitting here talking, this uh, this Russell Wilson list of teams has circled about again. They're reporting on that again. Um, we talked about it, I think, last, last week on the show. We talked about um, how I don't think he's going to end up being in Seattle next year. I don't think he's playing for Seattle uh, next year. And I forgot that he had a no-trade clause as well. Um, so they, they put another list out there. It's Giants, Broncos, and Saints. So that's definitely uh, 
because once again, they season over with. They they're done for. So now it's for them. It's time for them to start looking towards their future. Uh, and obviously, Russell Wilson not trying to be a part of that. Um, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they go about it. Um, and once again, this is a season we're going into an off season where quarterback is going to be a high demand even more than usual because there's not going to be any out there. Uh, the only quarterbacks that I can think of that people are going to be looking at as available are going to still be on rosters. Deshaun Watson, mm. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Um, and then looking at the price that it's going to take to to get those guys is definitely going to be interesting. Um, but uh, you know what I was ready to give up to acquire Russell Wilson. I think that was last year. And I, I really, I mean, I mean it. Look, whatever y'all want. You want a house built downtown on bourbon on the corner of Raw, whatever you want like let me yeah. know i got you you know what i'm saying whatever you want we got you yeah. bro. and i was i was i was thinking that <laughs> i'm serious man look this year had, had this i'm serious the only thing i didn't like was every trade that people drew up some way somehow had ram tech involved and I did not want to lose Ram check. That was my line. That was my line. My line was Ryan Ram check. I was like, all these other players y'all throwing in here, Michael Thomas, the I know some had Torn Amster. I saw Cam Jordan in one of them. And I was like, all hey bro, yeah. y'all can have all yeah, y'all can have all of them, but Ryan Ram check is where I draw the line. Yeah, I can't have that man. <laughs> but I will say this after seeing what we look like with no quarterback, you want Ryan, you can have him. Yeah, I'm not giving up Ryan Ramsey. I can't do it. I can't do it. Giving him up. Uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson? Giving it up. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Um, and once again, so I realized, like, I just like you have been a Saints fan for a long time. I remember Aaron Bla- Aaron Brooks. I remember Blake. I remember when I wanted Jake Delone to start. I was like, mm-hmm. man, let's sit Aaron Brooks down somewhere. Let's get Jake Delone the football. Let's let let's see what he can do before Sean Payton, before Drew Brees. A lot of these casual Saints fans don't remember anything but the Super Bowl year and afterwards. <laughs> and it's hard to tell people, man. But me and Sean talk about it off here all the time. If you once you get a quarterback, you do whatever you can to keep a quarterback because life without a quarterback is it's tough. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. You you and Saints fans thought that we were gonna move off of Drew Brees and have the same type of success with Jameis or Taysom Hill or who that it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you know, if that was the case, we would have moved off of Drew Brees earlier than rather than later, you know? Um, so getting back a quarterback that can be top 10, that's, that's, that gotta be the, the sole uh, goal of this off season. Like, yeah, we need receivers and all that stuff. Receivers don't matter. If you ain't got nobody to throw the football to them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Listen to me, man. This is a match made in heaven. Straight up. Like, I, I don't want to hear nothing else. I really don't even want to talk about it because I'm going to get worked up. But this is a match made in heaven, bro. You're giving Sean Payton, a quarterback that have the ability not only to throw the ball deep, but to throw the ball accurately deep. Then you're giving him a quarterback that has speed. You're giving him a quarterback that has dealt with being the best player on the team and uh, playing mistake-free foot, playing mistake free football, tough champion nfc championship games nobody feels like to be close and not win it all super bowl winner super bowl loser a guy who just want to win and that's that let's not forget when russell wilson was still young and lob was carrying him how he was just out there managing games so you know what you're gonna get from him 
if the defense is doing their job, which we know they will do. So I think that it will be a match made in heaven, and I am willing to separate from Armstead, who we may lose anyway after this yeah. year. Ryan, che- Ryan Ramchek, who's one of the um, youngest and most promising tackles in the league. After after life without a, without a quarterback and seeing, you know, we already know what Russell Wilson is, so it's not like you gambling, hoping that he can come in and do this. You know he can come in and do it. He don't even like throwing the ball deep. Sean Payton don't like throwing the ball deep. It's a reason why DK don't get the targets he should get. It's just that his 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 style of play does not translate to what Russ is comfortable doing. Doug Baldwin yeah. was a route runner. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So uh-huh. that that it just doesn't click. But coming in with Michael Thomas, who can go right back to catching 125 balls a year on these little slants, getting other nickname knickknack pieces to go elsewhere to make this offense come back around. I'm willing to lose tackles, redraft tackles, resign tackles, whatever it takes. I'm willing to do that to get Russell Wilson. And to your point, like this, to me, this is just like taking Tom Brady and dropping him in Tampa Bay. That's the same thing you're going to get from taking Russell Wilson and dropping him into New Orleans as they look right now. Um, I know right now we're projected to be like $61 million over the cap. Um, that's easy compared to what we had to deal with last year. Yeah. You can look, you can look easily right now with the restructures and be like, oh yeah, that's easy, that's easy. That's, so yeah. um, if it is definitely a possibility, if he wants to come and and they can make the the trade work, it is definitely a possibility, and it's something that uh, Seattle already has to start looking forward to because once again, their season is over with. And if we drop another game or two, we can go ahead and start looking forward to the same thing. Yeah. Um, we just but changed, for now, <laughs> we just changed the name to the cheerleaders. They can change again. The Sierra yet the Sierra <laughs> Let's sound good to me. Sierra Let's. I so, love yeah, it. So now we got to try to focus on getting a win against the Jets, a game that we should win. Um, and man, uh, I just saw they designated uh, uh, Gardner Johnson to return off IR. So not this week, but maybe next week he'll be he'll be back on the field and ready to play. Um, but man, as of now, I know you feel like playoffs ain't gonna happen for us. As of now, we're still in contention, so it's gonna be interesting to see if we can actually sneak in playoffs. there. <laughs> playoffs. See if we can sneak in there. Um, but that's it for us this week, man. Good talking football with you as always. Yes, um, hopefully, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, what is Vikings? Uh, but it should be a decent game. It's the Vikings and somebody. I can't think of who they're playing, though. But it should be a decent game, I want to say. Vikings had Thursday night football. They sure do. I'm not mistaken, yeah. In Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, which is, uh, I heard a stat earlier, which blew my mind. Even though I already knew it, but every time I hear it, it's like, dang. Like, Mike Tomlin has never been under 500. Like, mm-hmm. he's never been under, what? Like, yeah. what? And what? <laughs> yeah, and then this year he lucks up because you're looking like, well, now we got 17. I mean, now we got 18 games. What you going to do? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go 881. I'm going <laughs> to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. Uh, but, yeah, so this should be another good week of football. Stakes are getting high. Like I say, both playoff races are real close to everybody. I mean, a lot of teams are still playing for playoff uh-huh. spots. So. Yeah. We're looking at some more good football, man. Another week. Shape up well. Until next week, man. Appreciate you, Sid. Next week, man.
you boys not in my league no. If you listen close, I'm coaching, take keys Cause a boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco Still stabbing bitches like 94 in a Bronco If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto If I don't do nothing, I'm about Lonzo Every time I do it, do it to